Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. Today, I have a special guest, uh, actor, promoter, um, and filmmaker, Kevin Reed. How's it going, man? How are you? Everything's great. Everything's fantastic. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course, Kevin. Uh, Kevin, you and I, uh, you know, it's a pleasure to have uh, be connected with you uh, through a mutual friend, Richard Okolo, uh, who's actually a collaborator of mine. Uh, We've been uh, working uh, closely together. And yeah, it was just an honor to hear that you also uh, connected with him as well. And I was flattered that uh, you actually viewed a piece of my content recently that intrigued you about me, uh, which was Second Chance, a short film I made uh, that explored, you know, uh, substance abuse and, you know, kind of uh, dysfunctional personal matters uh, with family. Um, this short film, uh, starring my good friend and promising young actor, Adam Lupus, explores an individual affected by substance abuse and the ramifications that it has on people in their life. And uh, I just wanted to know from yourself, because you told me when you connected uh, with Second Chance that it really impacted you um, as a father and uh, as someone that, uh, who has a mother that works in the children's aid. So I wanted to know uh, your experience watching this film and what it meant to you. Well, Children's Aid was uh, my mother's, oh boy, there's a noise in the background. No um, my mom worked at Children's Aid for 30 years. So I think one of the things that taught her was what she wanted um, in raising a child and what she wanted um, for herself and, and just whole relationship building. It taught her a lot of life experiences and you know, you're a product of who you are in your environment. So for her, she learned from there, she taught me, I learned from her and that's how I, I think I've become a better man because of it. That's amazing, yeah. And uh, you're also a father, as I mentioned, and uh, you said, you mentioned to me that second chance um, because that's what I had the character kind of explore is, you know, his uh, longing for uh, getting his family back or trying to make amends uh, for his actions in the past, right? Uh, t- trying to make things right. Um, how did you describe that? Why did you feel uh, affected by that scenario? Well, uh, it, it's a personal story, but I don't mind sharing. Um, okay. First of all, I have a blended family. Um, my wife and I both had kids prior to uh, meeting, have, getting married. Right. And also uh, we have a child together. We share a child together. So one of the things I find, I mean, we're all adults, right? Yeah. We sure. all experienced uh, good relationships. And then we have that one or two relationships where you just can't get along with that person. Yeah. yeah. And um, you try. Um, one of the things I can say about my wife and her previous relationship uh, with um, her kid's uh, father is that she made sure that they had um, a connection with him, no matter what happened between the two of them. And that's actually part of the reasons why we connected so well, because I respected I respected her, her process. And she made sure that the kids always came first and they had that relationship with their father. My side of things was, well, I don't get along with my ex. And unfortunately, I didn't get to see my son grow up for a certain period of time. So I pictured myself Mm -hmm. begging, hey, can I spend time? Can I just talk to him on the phone? Because unfortunately, that's what I did experience. I mean, Yeah. yeah, we did the, unfortunately, we did the court process. Uh, I 
you know, who took who to court really doesn't matter. Right. But I mean, straight out, I did. But the point is, when it came to my time with my son, it was kind of stripped away from me by her. And it, it just, I could have continued the court process. But for me, it's what's best for my son. And um, I still talk to him here and there. I still talk to him through social media. But it's some of those key things that I got to miss. And that's what made it an emotional experience watching that. I was like, yeah, I don't ever want somebody to go through that where they have to feel that. But then on the aspect of the drugs and addiction, yeah. well, again, through my mom, through my life, I've experienced a lot. And I've met a lot of people who've had other experiences other than myself. And, you know, you pay attention to little things. You pay attention to details when you meet people. And we all go through struggles. Um, it's not just an acting. Yeah. It's life. So I think that's kind of where my relationship and just just the things I saw, uh, whether it was with my mom and and I'd hear stories here and there, you know, things with group homes, social workers, uh, things that happened with nurses or even she was assistant to the medical director and where she was located was right by Young and Bloor. So that is a hub of many things that happen right there. Right. So for me, it was my mom saying, this is how, this is some of the ways I want to raise my kid. And these are some of the things I don't want my kid exposed to, or my, my, my kids to um, feel. So that's why it just kind of resonated in me. Like, I'm a father and I want to do as much as I can with my son, my kids. Um, I call them my kids, whether they're my stepkids or biological, they're right. my children. And uh, that's just kind of why it just kind of resonated with me as a father. And yeah. That's so, amazing. Well, well th the, very unfortunate to hear, obviously, uh, some parts of that story, but really a beautiful ending and just how you kind of coped with everything and um, learned to... Uh, kind of make it into your own like uh like you said you describe yourself as a really powerful statement a father of all your children right whether they're uh connected to you biologically or th through uh, your marriage um that's a really powerful statement and uh thank you again for having the trust um and bravery to share that story with us um because i feel like a lot of people listening to this uh whether it's themselves or whether it's someone they know uh, have gone through uh experiences where they've uh, suffered a lot of trials in their family, right? Um, a lot of scenarios, you know, I can't relate to your situation. I'm not a father myself, but I've witnessed uh, firsthand, you know, um, parents <laughs> sometimes not getting along or, you know, uh, sibling rivalries and, and families and things like that. Um, and it should never go out of hand. You know, I'm Italian. So I've been raised with that kind of notion, that attitude that you should always keep your um, family secure, right? Family together. And it sound from the sounds of it, you sound like a very genuine, good father that uh, always tried his best to keep your son in, in your life um, as much as your ex maybe uh, thought otherwise, right? Um, so yeah. credit to you, sir. Yeah, credit to you, sir, for that. And thank you. Yeah, and thank you again for complimenting my work, Second Chance. Um, this is what I mean by the power of filmmaking. This is why I love uh, doing what I do is because storytelling can be interpreted so many different ways. Um, the story was intended for you to evoke some sort of emotion at watching it. Um, that was the whole point of uh, the longing, like feeling for the father uh, that can't see his child. Uh, Cause we witnessed that in a lot of scenarios, court system is probably even biased too, as proven um, towards male figures. So 
that's why I kind of wanted to portray that story. Um, and I thought it would be best um, with, again, this young actor who's a great friend of mine, Adam Lupus, uh, did a masterful job. And I, I really give him credit for that. Um, capturing all the nuances and the emotions of what I wanted to convey in this character to impact people or at least resonate um, with someone like you, of you are watching it, that this is real. Because that's very important for me, that when you watch it, aside from all the glitz and glamour, as I say, or the vanity, you know, when you watch something, is it real? Do you feel it? Um, as my mom would say, do you feel something when you watch it? Does it move you? Is it poignant? You know, so. That, that's, that's the thing. I mean, we all have our own experiences and we'll all look at things like somebody might look at it from the, um, let's say the addiction aspect or some person might look at it from a different, I looked at it as a father. Um, I don't know how necessarily a mother might exactly. look at it, but it's our experiences that I feel that shape us into who we are. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a good thing. Um, we all have different experiences. I, I don't necessarily want to experience everything you've experienced. And you want to sometimes look at me and go, man, I'm glad it's you. <laughs> but yeah. if we can learn from each other, then it's like, wow, maybe yeah. this is another way we can connect. And that's all part of networking and just being people. Remembering yeah, no, that we're human. Yeah, no, for sure. No, you, you said it right there. And that's the whole point of this podcast, right? Is to get more of a raw, authentic um, view on the artist, the creative that we see a lot on social media, right? Um, maybe it's just the writer in me, right? Like the, the, the artist, but I'm just fa endlessly fascinated by human beings, the human condition. Like um, I did a vlog recently for a comedian and my whole pitch to them was, I love seeing your content, but I love to get inside your mind. Like, what are you thinking before a show? You know what I mean? Like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking on the way there? Because that's how I'm, that's what I'm uh, kind of experiencing myself when I view the content, right? I'm endlessly asking questions. I think that's, uh, gives me an advantage why I'm able to write. Um, it, it's a key factor uh, when you're developing characters and making them three-dimensional is you're always asking like, why do they wear a hat this way? Or like, why do they walk this way? Or like, why can't they give eye contact to this individual? If you're always asking questions, you kind of explore and discover uh, the humanity within them. Um, and kind of like yourself, right? Like you told me you enjoyed Second Chance, but hearing your um, beautiful story, uh, it now means more to me. And, and I just see how much more powerful storytelling can, storytelling can be, really, um, depending on who's watching it. Um, you know, like, it, it's really, it's really interesting. Um, it was Second Chance, you know, writing it, uh, I was kind of moved myself um, just kind of exploring that the whole point of the film though um i don't know if you got this interpretation as well is that's well really that's why it's called second chances that there's always another way right there's always an opportunity to turn it around and all the anxieties he was experiencing um were really in his head and he was he could change it he could turn it around if he took the right actions right so absolutely that's that's what it was right it was like um as anyone if anyone who's gone through addiction or any some sort of you know, uh, <laughs> substance in their life that has hurt them. Um, the, the whole notion is that there's a better way. You don't have to relapse. You know what I mean? You don't have to cope, use uh, unhealthy coping mechanisms to get what you want or, or see a better future for yourself. Yeah. Okay. Was, was there an inspiration for you writing that? May I ask? I know yeah, you're the one asking the questions, but. Yeah, no, for sure. I, it, uh, Kevin, I really appreciate this. You asking me, um, First, uh, I get asked a few times in this podcast, but uh, I'll happy to answer. No, honestly, um, 
when I work with Richard too, like I explained this, uh, whenever I write, it's always an extension of me. It's never just, I need to get this over with, or I need to just write it. Um, I always find a way to integrate myself. Uh, so I guess in a way, you know, I didn't go in through any, uh, go through any drug addictions or anything like that, but I do suffer with anxiety and a lot of stress. And, um, I do sometimes would have like bad coping mechanisms. So the whole thing about looking at those pills, right. That was kind of a symbolism for me, um, factoring in, you know, what could be, and always anticipating overthinking really, um, you know, the worst of a scenario and just how stressed out, uh, it makes you so all those scenes of him, like when it cuts back and forth of him, like hitting the table and like, you know, veins popping out of his head, that's what's being seen on the inside. That's, that's supposed to be his inner dialogue, his inner version. Right. Um, so that's what I, that's why I wrote it. Right. Is, is, uh, basically all my characters are a projection of me in some way, not entirely. Right. I'm not a father. I don't know what it's like to, uh, I've never been put in a position that I'm longing for my family to get back together or make things right. But I've been in situations where I had a bad relationship or I've been in situations where I'm trying to make things right for myself um, in my career. And I try to blend all these um, kind of uh, experiences in my life um, into this story. So again, people like yourself um, can resonate with it. Not entirely, but take pieces that impact you. And uh, that's what makes, again, for, for filmmaking. That's why we do what we do. Well, I thank you for sharing. Um, but I mean, you know, the thing is, I find in this industry, we forget that we're all, we all go through anxiety. Yeah. Um, I have, you know, 30 years experience in the field of transportation logistics. I mean, I had anxiety doing that. Uh, it's not just an acting. Yeah. It's just, you know, we just learn, have to learn to extend ourselves, whether it's emotionally, uh, logically, um, I always tell people, um, I am a human being. I'm a spiritual being sharing a human experience. Exactly. And that's kind of like, you know, that's how I kind of look at things. So it's amazing. Yeah, no, that's well said. And uh, another quote that I always love or something that I hear a lot on, I see a lot on social media, I should say, is I'm a work in progress, right? It's uh, we're never, we're never perfect, right? We're always no. kind of, right? We're always, we're always growing. We're always learning from our ways, but I'm, you know, I used to be ashamed bringing up the whole idea about anxiety and stress, but for me, it's like a superpower. Like I, I tell people because if I can inspire them, if I can influence them, if someone I look up to, and it has happened many times in the past where they finally disclose like, oh, I have anxiety or I get nervous when I do a show or when I go on set, that makes me see them in a completely different way. Like even braver, you know, like, it's like, wow, like they're, they still go through that and yet they become who they are. You know what I mean? So if I can do, if they can do that, I can do that for myself. And this platform, this podcast is a great avenue for me, you know, to connect with people. And um, you'd be surprised. A lot of people share a lot of the things that go on in their mind. Uh, again, creatives this is the whole point is to bring them on and just kind of dive into their psyche and, and figure out like, what does it really take to put yourself out there? You know what I mean? And pursue this challenging journey, this crazy journey uh, of being an artist, right? Because um, yeah. a lot of people, again, they just see the 1%, they see the glitz and the glamour, but um, it, it's brooding. It takes a lot of work. Um, it's a grueling process. Um, but when you create something like Second Chance and you have someone like yourself compliment my work, I mean this, Kevin, like, that's why I do it. It's the, the, one of the reasons I made this video uh, called, you know, why I became a filmmaker. That was one of the biggest reasons. The, the, the audience is yeah the audience's reaction i i 
don't know what it is. It's just every time I'm in a movie theater, especially, I just get chills throughout my body. Like the fact that you can manipulate and evoke something through your imagination from someone else um, is the biggest reward I could get. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, well, I, I think of it, it's like business. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've had the opportunity to own a couple of businesses here and there in my life. Right. And um, I've been mentored by some people here and there. And one of the things that they always told me uh, was find your why. Yeah. You know, why find you started. who it is that may make you do want to do that thing or find what it is, but find your why, because the how doesn't matter until you know the why. Exactly. Once you know the why, the how becomes Okay, I'll figure it out. It's yeah. second nature. So many of us, we we get we get trapped in our own minds, and we're like, "Well, I don't know how I'm going to do this." I had a friend of mine; um, they do background work, and they're always like, well, "Well, I don't know if I can make it here, or I don't know if I can do this." And I said, "Figure out the why. Do you really want this result? You want to get paid, right? Yeah. And you figure it out." We get sometimes so trapped in our minds and I do it too. I mean, I, I got anxiety too. I, I still get nervous yeah. every time I'm on set, every single time. Amazing. But I love the feeling. Yeah. I'm nervous, but I'm like, okay, it's self-talk. Okay. I'm out there. I'm here. I'm going to do it. I'm going to kill it. And if I don't kill it, I'm going to kill it some more. <laughs> if, I mess up the, if I mess up the line, I'm going to own that mess up. I'm going to say, yeah, I messed up, but I'm going to keep going. Accountability. I love it. No, and that's true, man. Like it, you got to tell yourself there's no such thing as perfection. All that matters is showing up and doing your best and learning from your mistakes. So you definitely have the right attitude and the mindset, uh, Kevin. Really appreciate you sharing that. And speaking of, you know, being on set. Uh, and aside from being an avid, you know, supporter of the work uh, I did for Second Chance, you're an actor, right? And I would love to uh, discuss more about that. Uh, that's how you got involved in the film industry. Um, why did you pursue a career in the film industry and particularly as an actor, Kevin? Well, it's a funny story. For sure. Uh, I tell everybody the story and then they, they laugh. I got into film by accident. Um, I was trying to get my son off his iPad. Oh my God, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> my son just turned 13. Okay. Um, but during the pandemic, you know, he was 10 and he didn't want to leave his room. He was scared. Wow. He was afraid of catching COVID. Wow. And during the two and a half years, let's say, of being inside, he was like, we would say, well, you know, there's a neighbor uh, on the other side of us and um, their, their kid was in his class. So we're like, do you want to go play with him? Do you want us to call? Do you want to have him over? You want to go over to his house? And he just calmly said, no, I'm okay. And it was heartbreaking because as much as we tried to get him to go out, I mean, yeah, um, especially in some of those times, we weren't supposed to go out too much. Uh, I'm a foodie. So sometimes I got invited to some like food truck events and nice. stuff like that. And he was just like, can you just bring it home? Didn't want to wow. come out. Wow. So that was kind of heart 
wrenching watching that and experiencing that, but we just tried to reinforce and give him some positive reinforcements there, positive words. But for him, I just wanted him to get out. So it was like, hey, you know what? I had a friend, his son was doing the same thing uh, and been on a couple of shows. So it was like, my my youngest is named Logan. And like, hey, Logan, why don't, why don't you why don't you try something different? Why don't we go out, take some pictures? Maybe we can get you on some TV set. No, it's okay. So I tried for about six months and then I had a good friend of mine. Um, I might well do give the plug, Greg Henderson. Yeah, said to sure. me, you know what? I'm going to be on this show. I'm going to do background. He'd been doing it for a while and been trying to get me to do it, but I was more concentrating on my son. Right. And he said, well, I can get you on if you want. Here's how you apply. So I was like, oh, fine. I'd He'd asked me many times. So I said, okay, you know what? I'll try it. And he told me that a um, friend of ours, an acquaintance of ours, um, Mark Taylor was going to be on the set. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I had heard um, that Tia Maori, sister, sister is how I know her from. Right. She was going to be on it. So I was like, okay, this sounds good. Let's try it out. Nice. And it was called Christmas in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Chris, um, Miracle in Motor City it got changed to Miracle in Motor City. Okay. And um, I was on set, and then we heard that there was going to be a special guest. I didn't mm-hmm. know who it was. And it was Smokey Robinson. I was like, wow, Smokey. So I was right. like, awesome. And it was a great experience. That was my first experience. I did background, like I said. And at the end of the, the show, at the end of the taping, um, we were leaving, and he was sitting down. And we kind of exchanged a couple of head nods and stuff like that, a pleasant hello. Right. And uh, I was walking by him, and he said, hey, how are you doing? I was like, wow, he's speaking to he's me. He's speaking to me. This is smoky. Starstruck. But I mean, I kept the calm. Yeah, and yeah. I just was like, you know what? You've done so much for this, for the music industry. You've influenced music. You've done so much. I just want to say thank you. Yeah. And he had a little conversation with me. And, you know, I started off by saying, Mr. Robinson, you know, and he was like, no, no, call me Smokey. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That was awesome. That was my first experience. Amazing. And things kind of went from there. I mean, my next experience right after that, I was on um, Mayors of Kingstown doing background again. And it was and Jeremy Rayner was like right there in front of me. Yeah, yeah. And he gave me the Hawkeye head nod, and I did nice. that. Hello. Yeah. But I thought that's what it was going to be like for every set. Yeah. And it was awesome. It wasn't like that for every set. Yeah, I know. I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> your bubble was but, burst. <laughs> yeah, you know. But yeah. I mean, that's how I started. And then I, I chose to challenge myself. Um, in all honesty, my third production. I was on, I got a speaking role. So I was like apprentice, second month in. Amazing. So I was like, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah, yeah. So then I started getting, I started looking at this as a business. And uh, I remember a book I read a long time ago called You Inc. Oh, sorry, cut out. You hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Oh, Um, You said You Inc? You were, there was a book you wrote? Inc. as an incorporated. Right. Oh, you Inc. Okay. You Inc. And it was a network marketing book, but it talked about looking at yourself as a business. And that's how I took this. 
So then I said, okay, how can I differentiate myself? I'm straight out, I'm 50 years old. At that time, 49. Right, right. And I said, you know what? Let me do something different. So I joined a stunt course. I did a stunt course out in Aurora, uh, CKM. And I said, okay, what else can I do? Well, let me learn to do some speaking roles. So then I started in uh, looking for an agent. I interviewed the agencies. They oh. interviewed me. They're supposed to do that. But yeah. I interviewed them. That's because amazing. Because I'm a business. And that's how I looked at it. Yeah, yeah. And then I've been having some fun. That's amazing. Well, uh, Kevin, what a great uh, empowering story, really, uh, that, that would inspire a lot of people. I know for myself, because and I'm glad you mentioned your age as well. Um, that's the reality, right? Like you'll watch this or people because uh, my audience is mostly uh, millennials, like people uh, in their 20s. And it's possible at any age, really, like there should be nothing. Nothing is an excuse. And I I'm so happy that you didn't uh, use your age uh, to deter you, because a lot of people might say, oh, I'm 50 years old. I can't get into acting. I got a family, I got this. And you're like, no, why not? You know, why, why, uh, why can't I explore my own passions? And like you said, you weren't interviewed, you interviewed them because you're looking out for your own interests. And uh, that's highly, highly admirable. Um, something that I've uh, recently uh, kind of developed this kind of like mindset, this thinking for myself is, you know, no one's going to define the dream for me. You know, I always had this notion, someone's going to come along, recognize my work, and I'm going to make it and it's going to blow up. And there could be that possibility. They could be a catalyst. They could, you know, get me to a better point for sure. I'm not denying that, but I'm always, there's nothing going to be that other than me, that's going to define who I am and what I want to become. You know, I'm only going to get there. And a lot of times I would always become attached to a company I worked at um, or a colleague um, or a partnership and say, this is what's going to make me who I want to be. And that's not the reality. It's, it's I'm going to make myself become that. Now, I don't know if that sounds narcissistic or pretentious to people, but hear me out when I'm saying you shouldn't let anything or anyone define you because that's when you become lost and you forget your I, own path. I come across sometimes as arrogant when I talk to certain people. Right. But I believe in so much in what I say that I am my own island of relevancy. I go. let you on my island. I'm letting you be relevant. Yeah. Like, like you got to understand, if I want to perfect my craft, if I want to be better, I'm trying to bring people to my island to help me become better. If I become better, I'm working with you. We become better. Exactly. We become better. We can impact the world. We impact the world. We've made a change. Exactly. <sighs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's lofty but amazing. It's amazing. And it's powerful. And that's, that's what the takeaway is. And even just like hearing the film projects, I'm sure you were involved with, uh, you know, what, what do you find most prevalent uh, as a challenge, like for someone in your profession as an actor? What do you think a lot of people, I wouldn't even say actor, just anyone in the film business, what do you think they struggle with the most? Um, for me, from what I've noticed, you know, I can't speak on behalf of anybody else yeah confidence mm. confidence in oneself that is yeah. hard i struggle with it every day yeah i i i could tell you man i first getting an agent was hard yeah can imagine uh i had no experience i'm 49 years old i had no experience i had no resume and i had no demo reel why because i did background 
He can't put that on. Yeah, I know, right? Can you imagine? Yeah. You remember that guy that ran that way? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, I think I might have saw you. <laughs> that guy that was blurred? Yeah, that was me. Honestly, I'm on every show. You see, the, you see my hand in this shot? That's me. <laughs> yeah. but uh, interesting. Me, it's just believing in myself. Um, <clears throat> and sometimes how I help believing in myself is believing in others. Um, sometimes I see somebody down. Sometimes I help pick them up. And by picking them up, I learn to believe in me. Sometimes it's just looking in that mirror and saying, hey, you got this. Or, you know what? I got to show up and win. F it. I yeah. don't care. I, I, I sometimes develop that effort because I, I get in my own way. I have that bad habit. I get in my own way. I overanalyze and nothing gets done. Yeah. Right. In the alphabet, A comes first. Accountability comes first. So I become accountable to me, to my family. Yeah. But I got to be accountable to me. You know what? There's nobody else in this space doing this right now. Yeah. So do it. Those lines, they're hard to memorize, but they're my lines. Let's do it. It's your job. It's just that self-talk. And again, you got to keep it professional. You, It's you, Inc. It's whatever your name is, Inc. I'm Kevin Reed Incorporated. I may not have that business set up. Yeah. I have my own business. HSD but, number. Um, yeah. But that's how you got to look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a business. So is what you're doing best for your business? It comes down to your habits. Even. Yeah. We all have good and bad habits. But when you look at it as a business now, is that helping my business? Is that hurting my business? Right. Right. Yeah. So that's what I think. I think uh, one of the main things I also do is try and surround myself with good people, like-minded people, and we encourage each other. And once yeah. we can do that, again, we all go through struggles. But then you see somebody, they're going, they're a little down. Hey, how you doing? Check up on your friends. It's, it's so true. Happening. They don't it's even have to be your friends. Yeah, like my attitude on a set. Um, you know, being the director, the helm of the ship, as they say, I guess a lot of people look to my direction is, you know, just always be uh, just kind of open and honest uh, and inclusive, you know, um, accommodating as well and treat everyone like a human being, right? I, I don't believe in hierarchies. Obviously, there should be like a respect of being professional, but I don't like the idea that, you know, the guy with that's being a production assistant should get the same respect as the guy's cinematographer, right? Yeah. I don't think you should treat anyone um, differently or discriminately so um that like you said man like check up on your friends check up on your colleagues uh people especially in your industry that's what i love to do is <laughs> given again with this podcast um because everyone's going through stuff and i'm so happy you mentioned about the confidence uh because that's something i struggle with as well um you know the imposter syndrome right like do i belong is this right for me uh, do that does that person know more than me right um but funny enough like tarantino is a hero of mine um and someone i model my career off of uh very closely and you know i aspire to be uh one day in his shoes <laughs> but uh basically with tarantino he he's the guy that didn't go to film school like i did didn't and um he's the guy that uh was an outsider as i always feel i am and when he was on his film first film set reservoir dogs legitimate set, set i should say he uh yeah he he said he's like everyone here knows how to make a film i know how to tell the story and when I heard those lines, I'm like, that's what I take into account every time I show up on set. Because there are people I work with that they say, like, does this guy even know what he's talking about with the lenses? Or does this guy, 
And for me, whatever I don't know, I search up, but I always go in with that confidence, with that, and I use that tenacity of, I have to tell this story. You're here to help me make this film, but this is my story to tell. And yep. I think that's so important to have that conviction in yourself, for sure. Absolutely. And, and you know, one thing I did want to mention that you said is um, some of my best sets were where I met the director, no matter what position I was in, and I saw them checking up on people. Hey, how you doing? That's amazing. You know, corporate world. I remember I had a, a conversation with the president of, of the company I was working for Yeah. at another company a long time ago, but right. he said, you know, I want to get all these people to do all these things and we got to get more sales and blah, blah, blah. And I said to him straight out, what do you do for your internal customers? I get your external customers. That's where you're getting your sales from. But yep. your internal customers, the ones who work for you, with you, help yeah. you build your business. What are they saying about you? What are they saying about your company? Do you know their names? Do you say hello to them? Do you know when their birthdays are? Is it, well, I, I make sure I say hello. You do? I challenged them. Yeah. And he got a little... But then you know what? Every day thereafter, he said good morning. He said hello. He mentioned my name. And I commended him. I said, thank you for at least the effort. It goes and a so long way. People don't realize it goes a long way. People remember you, right? Um, you know, going to a comedy club, you know, I uh, saw it, it's it's such a tough, <laughs> talk about our professions. It's such, so tough to go on stage and perform. And uh, not only that, like, it's not a speech where they just listen if they want to. They have to react, right? In order for it to be considered successful, uh, provide a laugh, um, you know, clap, whatever have you. And the comedians that come up, you know, I'm always talking to them after the show, like, Hey, you did a great job. Like, you know, congrats. Uh, uh, I like this bit. I like that bit. And what I mean is that you could tell, like, they're very insecure, like coming off, not insecure, I should say just pensive, like thinking, like, what did I do? I hope people worked out and, uh, they lit up as soon as someone like myself would come out, come along and say, just want to say you did a great job. Or like, I really like this bit or like that takes a lot of balls to go up there. <laughs> Um, because they need to be, uh, recognized that what they're doing, um, is important and it's special, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and we forget that they're human too. They're a yeah. son, a daughter, a father, a, a husband, a wife, they're a person. Yeah. And they need their, I mean, the thing is when we're acting, a lot of times we are acting, so that's why we have that persona, but that's not necessarily us. That's just a character, an extension of us, but that may not be us. So sometimes, yeah, we need to hear, you did a good job, really? Like there's times I, I do, I'm, I'm, I'm acting and it's like, I really think I did horrible. I'm down, I'm beating myself. And then somebody says, you did a good job, really? Yeah, I like the way you did this. I love your facial expressions. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Just that positive reinforcement. And not only should we receive it, we should also give it. Yeah, well said. Well said, Kevin. And uh, on that note, I want to know, you know, more about you. Uh, as you said, we're human beings. We're not just actors. We're not just filmmakers, um, one-dimensional people. Uh, there's a lot going on in our lives. And, you know, through the modern day technology of uh, social media, uh, you get to connect and share and utilize this form to see other people's cre different creative expressions. Um, connecting with you uh, after viewing Second Chance would never have been possible uh, if it wasn't for social media. So again, credit to uh, Instagram for connecting us, uh, allowing this opportunity. 
Um, so I want to know from you, because uh, I see on your profile, you're like you said, and you mentioned earlier, you're a foodie. Uh, you also mentioned promoter. Um, how has social media benefited your life and career? <sighs> that's a great question. Um, that's a loaded question. Um, I'm a foodie. Yeah, I've been a foodie for about six years. I mean, I've been eating food all my life. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, but when you mentioned food, for you to say foodie, that's my kind of guy. It's like, that's like you said, you go to food trucks, like you indulge, you know what I mean? Like you oh. really look forward to, yeah, different cuisine. Well, it started out, our food journey kind of started out because uh, our kids play, um, two of our kids play hockey, uh, oh. semi-pro hockey. Nice. So one child was like three days minimum uh we were out for them whether it's practices or games the other child was about four minimum so three three to four days for one child four to five days so we were like going back and forth home to rink home to rink pick them up at school go to the rink some many times we didn't have time to make dinner because we had to be at that place right and right. because they played semi-pro a high level like whether it was double a triple a whatever right hockey we weren't always playing at the local rink so mm. sometimes we needed to be in london or or uh, someplace far like kingston and we had to be there for seven yeah oh well we gotta leave right now <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> come up at school. Let's yeah. go. We'll get some food on the way. And my yeah. wife always took pictures and stuff like that. And it was my um, physiotherapist. I said, well, you guys should start a food account. So we did. Superhero Foodies, little self-plug there. Oh, okay, Super cool. Yeah. I'll check it yeah. out for sure. <laughs> Superhero Foodies. So that, I, I tell people I'm a legit foodie. So when I'm yeah. on set, people are like, well, you know, what else do you like to do? I said, I'm a foodie. And they go, ah, I'm a legit foodie. And then they yeah. start looking at my page. They're like, wow, you really do eat. Yes. Yeah. And my son eats too. Here's his page. He has his Amazing. own page. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I do a lot of food events. I've been a judge on a couple of things. Um, just, no food is substance. So I need to eat. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. That's amazing, man. Well, like I'm, I'm jealous of that. Uh, that kind of hobby that you do because <laughs> well, i love food you're ready, you come out we'll, we'll show up and win together. Oh, okay yeah that'd be great that thank you for that uh that offer i'll definitely take you up on it in the future um can't wait for that and is that in relation to uh being a promoter is that what you meant or is that a, a different kind of well, hobby? okay so here's a little history behind myself i've sure. been promoting nightclubs for over 25 years oh wow okay yeah, so uh, I got into nightclub promoting uh, simply because I'm a recovering introvert. I'm very shy. Okay. I, I have a hard time talking to people. So it gave me a chance or the opportunity to make up an excuse to talk to people. And that's why I got involved in it. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, two friends of mine who have been working with since, well, let's say 98, um 196 198 we've been doing clubs together and i've known them for quite a long time yeah we have yeah about a 30-year relationship plus so what happened for me was they were very outgoing so i just kind of fed upon them and it made me look like i was outgoing i guess you know i started acting then right <laughs> there you go yeah we all we all act in a way like i i again you and i the more i get to know you actually Kevin, i feel like we're very similar uh people 
um, with our love for food and film and uh, the fact that we uh, are introverts or identify as that. Um, this podcast has allowed me to get outside of that shell. And I'm so happy you chose promoting, um, not because it was something to make a quick buck, like you, you did it to push yourself to get yourself out there. It's like, reminds me of myself when I used to do retail, I would work sales, uh, like as consultant. So it forced me to get out of my shell and talk to people and say, Hey, how's it going? Right. Um, so yeah, credit to you. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, my thing is I'm an only child. So, um, I had to challenge myself. Sorry, there's a dog barking. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> You're a dog, I assume. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I always challenge myself to do somebody's walking across the street. Um, yeah. I always had to challenge myself as an only child to do things. I was constantly not comfortable. So in order for me to learn to be comfortable with myself and with certain things, I, I mean, I was not always the sports coordinated guy. I was tall, lanky, my knees knocked together. I have so many bruises on my knees, ankles, legs, arms, chest, whatever. Right. Um, but my parents, my mom in particular, said, you know what, you're not staying home. You're going to go out there and play sports. So I did everything, baseball, basketball, bowling. Uh, skating I hated skating but I did it for four or five years yeah uh, I swimming I hate swimming I'm a really good drowner now but <laughs> I Drown. learned to swim right yeah so yeah. I had to challenge myself and like even like I said when I got um uh, apprentice uh, last year in October again I started doing background in September in October I was ready like apprentice right 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 I'm like okay what can I do different how can I get myself how can I differentiate myself? So I said, stunts. I don't know why I thought stunts. But I said, well, okay, let me do some research. So I went through my network of people and I talked to certain people I knew that were stunts, that uh, were stuntmen. I said, well, you know, what can I do? And I got two suggestions of two different, um, and I did some research. I attended classes at both. And then, you know, whatever happened, happened. But I've met a lot of good people through that. But again, that was a challenge because, again, I, I look at it for me. I'm 50 years old. Everybody there was at least half my age. Yeah, yeah. And you wanted me to do a flip, jump, kick, what? Spin who? And yeah, then spin. I end on my back. <laughs> yeah. Can I stretch first? <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I'm stretching I, hurt. Yeah. But Go ahead. It, it, was, it was a push. So, you know, back to your question. Yeah. Uh, keep trying to keep us on topic. How have I allowed um, social media to help me? Well, through promotions and uh, nightclub promotions, you know, we use Facebook, Instagram, uh, WhatsApp groups, um, and that's helped push things. I think through uh, acting, when I first started doing background, Facebook groups was was my like my go to. So I, again, when I do things, I go in a hundred percent. Not everybody can do like what I do. Like some people are like, wow, like you go in a hundred percent. I'm an only child. Uh, and maybe it's cause I'm an Aries. I have no clue. Uh, I, I don't know. I have two buttons on and off. So either I go in a hundred percent or I'm off. I can't do 50 accountability. A, it starts with a, so I am accountable to me. So I go in a hundred percent. So I was like, okay, I'm having fun with this. Let's go all in. I joined like 10 Facebook groups for Toronto. I searched everything, Toronto actors, uh, Toronto background, all casting. I found it. 
And that's how I kind of pushed myself to do that. And as I started um, doing it more and more, I started you know, connecting with people and started getting in WhatsApp groups. As I started doing more acting itself, uh, I got into some WhatsApp groups to find out some of the things that uh, were um, available. I constantly try to improve myself. Oh, there's nothing wrong with listening to a YouTube video on how to become a better actor or listening to that video on uh, YouTube on my car. I'm not watching it. I just play it through my speakers and just hearing that knowledge from somebody else that's going through what I'm going through or able to teach me something new. Um, even something as, oh man, I hate trying to memorize scripts, but there's like an app, script reader. I didn't even know that. That's amazing. <laughs> you can copy it wow. or download the script. Okay. Play it and, and it'll like read all the lines while you're driving. Half the things I film are in Hamilton. I'm in Scarborough. That's an hour and a half of me learning. Wow. Um, when I used to do uh, uh, some type of network marketing and I had another marketing business, I used my car as my um, education source. That was my school. I might as well utilize my time. Like, yeah, I needed to listen to music here and there, but there was times where I just needed to put positive um, information in my head. So I would listen to, you know, at that time, you know, a CD or a tape or even like, you know, a podcast, press play, play it through my speaker because I could do my Bluetooth. Um, use, your, use your time wisely. If you got to take the bus and you got to take the subway, why not listen to something positive? It doesn't necessarily always have to be about acting, but it could be about how to improve you, how to yeah. make you ink the best you ink, period. You ink. I like this. You are the business. <laughs> you are the business. Yeah. Because you know what? Who sets the tone? Uh, again, I do come across to some people as arrogant. It's okay. I'm okay. No, but, no. but it, it's, you know why? Because it's the truth. It's something that they haven't really taken account for themselves. They, they know it in their, I'm, trying, I'm telling you, they know it in their heart that they matter. Like, I'm not saying be completely selfish, right? Like have empathy for people, you know, be considerate. But you need to, like, I, I, as you know, Kevin, as your story early on in the podcast, in some ways you need to like look up for yourself. There's a reason why we end up in the situations we do. That, as, as speaking for me, myself, you know, I've had a bad relationship, I didn't go through a divorce, but when I look back, it's like, I didn't uh, look after what I wanted. You know what I mean? I was always uh, adherent to them. I was always catering to them because I'm a good person naturally. And that's my default. Um, and I look back and I say, you know, not that time was wasted, but time could have been, could have been uh, well spent in certain areas for sure. And I feel like if I would have focused my energy uh, and, uh, and my mindset on filmmaking, uh, maybe I would have been farther along. I don't know. But I think it's very important, like you said from the beginning, is know the why. Um, and that's how people get off track. That's how I know for myself why I get off track is I forget who I am and why I started. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? The thing is, it's already happened. It's just, you can't let your past dictate your future. Mm -hmm. So if it's your past, right? Learn from it. What did I, what did I learn from that relationship with that person? What did I learn from my acting experience? What did I learn from my directorial experience? Hmm, what could I have done better? And then you move on. You don't dwell on it. You just move forward, right? Yeah. So that's what I think. It, it, again, what I was getting around to saying is, yeah, I come across arrogant sometimes. Yeah. And, and um, that's just when I'm speaking 
about something I'm passionate about. For but sure. I tell people this, I try not to just set the bar. I am the bar. If there I'm the go. bar, right? There you go. Sorry, you, you, are your worst, you are your best and worst competition, right? Right. Yeah. I, I'm not competing against another actor. I'm yeah. competing against myself. Yeah. One of the things, I just watched it like a month ago. Because I was going through a, a period where I was doing a lot of self-tapes and getting no results. I don't oh. know if any actor can experience that. <laughs> yes, we experience it a lot. I, I was going to say, yeah. That's actually my next short film, funny enough, coming up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, somebody. Here I am. There you go. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying, no, that's, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's uh, in post-production, but it's the story. Same, same actor from Second Chance, but it's uh, called The Moment. But it, it goes with that, right? Like struggling Good to get that, that uh, opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> Right. But but, you know, for me, again, I saw this thing and it blew me away and I had to share it with some people after I saw it. Right. Um, but it was Samuel L. Jackson. He was talking to a you know class of people and it was very short clip. Right. But what he said in it resonated with me in that he said, stop doing a self tape to get that job, mm. to get that part. Right. Do your self-tape to do your very best. And if you've done your best and you didn't get it, maybe it's just not what they were looking for, but you did your best. But you did your best. Yeah. Don't just do it for the for what they're asking. Go beyond right. that. Yeah. But it, sometimes we we do it just to get the job, just to get the part. And we don't realize that it comes across in the you know, on camera. You know yeah. what I mean? It comes across as we're almost begging. Hey, pick me, please, 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 please. Yeah, please. yeah. But when we do it, where we're naturally just encompassing that role, you did your best. Yeah. And there's times where I did my best. And I'm like, if they didn't like it, they're losing. Yes, yeah, they're missing out. Such a good job. Heck. I, yeah. you know what? I don't do it every job, every, every, um, every time, but most of the time I look at it and I go, man, I think I would kind of do that. Okay, good. And then the other thing I try and do is book myself doing something else after I've done that self tape or that Zoom audition because it, it, it relaxes me because I know me, I will dwell on it, overthink it, beat myself up. I have that bad habit. I beat myself up for no apparent reason. I don't know. I'm perverted. I think, we all, I think we all do that, though. <laughs> or so, anyone in so, this field. Yeah. You know? So sometimes I try and book myself to do something else. Or, you know, right after I'm done the Zoom audition, it's like, okay, I have something else where, therefore, I'm distracted from dwelling too much of or think overthinking of, well, you know, you know, I should have done, I should have done it this way. I should have done that way. Because realistically, Zoom audition's done. They've, you've already hit leave or they've already hit leave. So you can't do it again. So move on, learn from yourself, but just keep it moving forward, right? Yeah. Because if we didn't learn to do that when we were a baby, we'd still be on the ground. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing uh, that people don't put into perspective like that, right? Uh, that all the things we take for granted, uh, we once never knew. And uh, it was just uh, kind of like in our innate character, like to push ourselves, right? Um, 
so why can't we apply that to any aspect of our life? So yeah, that was, that was very important for you to say. And that's something I kind of remind myself too, is like, there was once a time I didn't walk, you know, I didn't know how to speak. Um, I didn't know how to speak uh, eloquently because uh, I've been complimented, you know, on the podcast, uh, how, I, how, I'm, how I'm an effective communicator. Um, I struggled a lot uh, with English and I got poor marks in the past um, and now I write. So <laughs> the only way to get better is to keep doing it and to keep showing up. I think that's the takeaway really from this conversation uh, because you are the business and you are uh, something you need to invest in. So, Hey, when I was 18, 19, oh, actually when I was in college, so that's 21, 22, I stuttered. Wow. I got nervous talking to the classroom, doing um, group projects. Yeah. I, I hated doing them, but I will tell you this. Like I said, I challenged myself a lot. Yeah. Because uh, there's nobody I have really to just rely on and just say, oh, you know what, you know, I mean, I got people in my life and my circles that kind of push me, but I push me. I'm hardest on me. Yeah. And even then, I noticed a friend of mine, um, Greg, the one who, who got me into acting. I always give him credit for that. And I remember we were in class together and I noticed how he did his... Um, how he did his speeches, how he did his group projects, speaking in front of the class. And, you know, I'll give a little secret. I, I studied him. I studied what he did because he would get A's. I would get C's. I had all the information, but I was sitting there sometimes shaking and I'm rustling with paper. Yeah, yeah. You know what I was doing wrong until I looked at myself and then I watched him and I said, let me emulate what he does. So I said, you know what? Let me be in as many groups with him as possible there so I go. can see what he does. And this will relate to acting in a moment. But so for him, I realized that he kind of read everything he needed to read, read it a couple of times before he was going up there to present. He had basically five lines written on a piece of paper. Wow. And he talked to the class, look at the paper, talk to the class, look at the paper. He sometimes he wrote scribbles just to make it look to the teacher like he was going off of his notes but he wasn't and that taught me a level of confidence like okay maybe it's not necessarily being the book reading from the book but yeah. speaking from the heart so bringing back to acting now yeah i sometimes look at people who are doing the things i want and emulating their process, not emulating them. I'm just, I don't wanna be a copy or a duplicate of them, but I can learn from them, right? So like I said, when Samuel L. Jackson said to um, kind of do your best job. And once you've done your best job, then that's all that matters. Yeah. And I started doing that. And then I started getting confident. There you go. I thought, like I said, that happened a month ago and because I started doing my self-tapes with that drive instead of, oh, I got to get this job. I got to get this one. I got to get this one. I started doing it. I did my best. If they choose me, fantastic. But some will, some won't. So what? And I kept going. But I kept going saying that I'm going to put in my best in mm -hmm. everything I do. I'm on uh, two shows coming up. Uh, and that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's kind of what I noticed, I needed to, to just believe in myself. It came back to confidence in oneself, 
But exactly. it's just those little nuggets help me. I don't know if that'll help. Yeah, no, for sure. They've been, yeah, your whole story really like, and it's just put it more into perspective and uh, affirming a lot of beliefs that um, I myself already have, right. About you being, uh, you know, something to invest in um, you being uh, something that you need to uh, put above everything else, uh, especially in this business. Like you have to kind of know uh, what your standards are. Uh, But at the same time, you should also not compare with anyone else and keep yourself at um, the competition right at the threshold that you you look to um, you're your own competition yeah that's the only person you're competing against. yeah exactly so Tarantino no yeah. you're competing against the better you yeah there you go yeah no I I don't I don't I, I dare compete with him but um you're definitely right like whenever I make something I have a habit again like like anyone right you go on social media you look at other people colleagues uh maybe on the same level or a little bit more advanced and you say, damn, like that looks really good. How do they do that? Whatever. Um, and it's not that I'm envious of them. I just really reflect and say like, where am I at in my career? Like, how can I do better? Um, but what matters is making it a healthy approach. And now I'm starting to realize, you know, forget everyone else, just kind of look at the videos you've created, look at what you can improve and how you can do better. And like you said, uh, Kevin, take accountability, right? Uh, a first letter of the alphabet. So very insightful, very beautiful stories that you've been uh, providing for us today. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. Uh, I really appreciate this. Um, I hope a lot of people listening to this, uh, that's whether in acting or filmmaking or looking to pursue something creative, um, is inspired by your story. Thank you. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. Um, It's it's a great experience. uh, Stretching yourself and you know, sometimes we, we, we're that elastic band where we think this is as far as we can go, but we just go a little bit further. Exactly. And it's like, wow, I could do this. I'm 50 years old and I'm acting with people who've been doing this way longer than I have. There you go. Me, oh, I thought you've been doing this for X amount of years. I'm like, uh, I started January. I know, right? But but life is long, as 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 I realized or I, I've come to learn uh, in the pandemic uh, through Gary V, uh, someone that I follow on social media. Is yes. I understand what he means by that now, right? It's like you're 50 years old, but you feel probably like you're 25. You know what I mean? Like well, it's not only that though. It's I have somebody who who's had like five years experience yeah. acting doesn't have my 30 years experience in people skills because I've run a I've I've owned a bakery I've owned a marketing company I've run nightclubs I've owned a trucking company right I have people experience and that for me and what I do outweighs a lot of book knowledge let's say but it gives me that people skills where I don't mind if a director is talking to me. I don't necessarily go or an actor. I've talked to presidents. I've talked to janitors. They're both people and I treat them like humans. And that's what my experience has allowed me to to do as a professional. And in the end, we are professionals. Yes. Very profound. Very, very touching. Uh, Thank you again, uh, Kevin, for coming on the podcast and sharing all this. Uh, This is uh, probably one of my favorites yet. So uh, thank you again, Kevin. Thank you again, everybody for listening. And we'll talk soon.